Welcome to the Paranormal. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I am joined by Old Skull. What's up, man? Hey, konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. It's just me and you, bro. Uh, everybody else has the night off. Let's do it. Yes. Um, so, you know, busy week. You, you weren't here for the, for the Nationalist Inquirer on Tuesday, but dude, a lot of crazy stuff going on this week. Dude, it's like they turned up the volume on the world computer and, mm-hmm. and the, the noise and the volume and just like went to 11 this week. Or not just this week, though, like last month or so with all of the craziness and the the train stuff. and the, <laughs> we're super. We had a Super Bowl in there, too. Yeah. And, yep. We had a Super Bowl. We had a we had a satanic Grammys. We had a we had a. a yeah, yeah, we had we had eight train derailings. You know, we have we have the entire um, we have the entire infrastructure of the United States breaking down. I mean, apparently we have eleven hundred derailings every year. So, like, you can that's average like two and a half or three a day. It's kind of crazy, mm-hmm. but most of those are like coal cars that like come off a track once. And did well, you, like, just, it's like all hazardous materials this time for some reason. Yeah, and well, I I'm starting to think. That the you know the um, the East Palestine one where it's not getting any federal aid. You think maybe it's not getting any federal aid because they it was just a movie. I, I yeah, everything is like, like absolutely possible at, at this point now. Like they're like, oh my god, they filmed this thing with people from East Palestine last year. Yeah, and now they're showing it to you again. Right. Again, there's dude. I don't know what to believe with that, but I'm just gonna go with fake and gay. I mean, I'm not gonna drink tap water anyway. <laughs> yeah i wasn't gonna drink trust me i wasn't drinking the tap water to begin with i'm like i'm not worried about that i filter no. everything no. i listen tap water's bad. yeah i mean you know the 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 humble water filter salesman was correct i, I own a bricky so <laughs> i don't know i got a friend i got a friend who said he drove through there um two nights ago and that it was raining and his windshield and car was covered in some sort of weird filth after so hmm. i don't know is this is one of those weird matrix things where it's like schrodinger's event where it's both real and fake at the same time just like so many more of these events are nowadays right you've seen you know owen's buddy who lives like five minutes from east palestine right did you see that today ob's I didn't. no i didn't see that one yeah that? there's one i I'm, I'm not gonna look for it but it's uh he talked about he talked about how uh Somebody, somebody within ten minutes of East Palestine or whatever, uh, has chickens and they don't have any problems and there's this and that and it's like, you know, it's uh, how how many catastrophic events have we been? This guy is falling at us and it didn't have anything to do. You know what I mean? So yep. again, Schrodinger's event. It's happening and not happening right. at the same time. Right. Weird it's, how they can do that. Yeah, it's really it's really crazy. Um, but. What else is what else is going on? Holy shit! It's not just that, but that's a distraction from the UFOs that are coming apparently. And then there's the um, 
the Chinese spy balloons. And then we shot something down and apparently we shot down, what we shot down was like like some local hobby club's balloon. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like somebody's little twelve dollar balloon or something. Oh my God. <laughs> like like the incompetence of the United States military, the world's greatest military, right? You know, um, right. I, I don't I don't know anymore, man. It's like the clowns are running the circus. Uh the AI is writing all the scripts. You've seen the articles where you're like, who wrote what, what Pajit wrote this? Right. And it's definitely not. And now that I think about it, it wasn't a Pajit. It was an AI. They were just practicing their. Now, AI. I've been working with chat GPT recently to mm-hmm. help me build um, this new business that I'm working on this online business. Mm-hmm. And I'm 110% convinced now that most Almost all, possibly, but most of the articles that we've been reading for the past decade are created by an AI, and they don't need any humans to do this. And it's convincing. It's it's so convincing that you wouldn't know that you're not talking with somebody who's not an actual like hmm. meat space being on the other side of the screen. Hmm. And why wouldn't they? They don't have to pay people. Eliminates people getting the wrong idea. They can get the narrative exactly the way they want it. They can write things that are basically instantaneous. And I also believe that they have like much more advanced technology than we have available to us. Um, you know, they put out the shit for us and they're like, Hey, pleb, here you go. Play with this and then help us, help us uh, do the machine learning on it so that it can get even more powerful so that we can continue to use it against you. Yep. Absolutely. So, man, I have this dry, <clears throat> excuse me. There it is. My throat keeps getting dry, and I don't know if it's uh, if it's the uh, the toxic effects of the East Palestine East Palestine thing, or no, I'm joking. It's just too much Ohio. What's that? No, this is I'm you know it's Tennessee. <laughs> it's all the way. I mean, it's all, dude. This is supposed to this is supposed to be the big bad one that poisons all the water for 11 million people over a 500 mile radius, and like. Yeah. But again, who's drinking the water anyways? You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be drinking the tap water to begin with. That's yeah, I mean, and, and like Ohio, like, does Ohio need any help being shitty? <laughs> <laughs> like, poor Ohio. Like, it's already, like, leave it alone, you know? It's already, <laughs> it's already fucked yeah, they, had a, they had an airborne toxic event in Cleveland, and no one noticed. Oh, my God. Well, and then they had one in Chicago, right? They had uh, something burned down in Chicago, and then yesterday something burned down in Kissimmee, a plastic uh, a, a plastic plant and potting soil factory or warehouse or something. It's ridiculous. It's all this plastic stuff and chemicals and trucks with mustard gas and, and, and trains well, that's with why acid. That's why I think it's so weird because – you get these events mm. and then you get a hundred different events and they're all the same type of operation. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it's possible for them to just launch all these different operations and keep people quiet and start burning things down all over the place. But the same thing was happening with the food production uh, factories last year. It was just like chicken right. factory, chicken factory, chicken factory, chicken factory, chicken factory. They're all burning down right. all over the place everywhere at the same time. And it's, it's very hard. And somebody was saying like, Oh, Antifa has got, train derailment trainers and stuff it's like yeah have you seen antifa recently <laughs> like you really think these guys could be derailing trains you I really think know. that antifa is doing yeah some like fast and furious type operation 
right or they're training with like forces. yeah no anti special forces would be more like special olympics <laughs> right it's terrible man um but anyways we have a guest this weekend uh it's just you and i uh grognak and reinhardt and dogbot have the evening off um but we've got a guest mr chris kasky he wrote a book it is called the war against goyim um and we're going to talk to him about his book and especially the new cokes so this would make this part three of the new cokes trilogy making it a trinity hmm. all right well, yeah just in case you guys didn't know nukes are faking gay yes well, we're going to talk to Chris Kasky right now. Chris Kasky, welcome to the Paranormies, man. Thanks for coming by. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Uh, your book is great. I've read through just about all of it. And uh, we're going to be concentrating on one topic this evening. But uh, definitely the war against Goyim. Um, everybody should definitely check this out. Uh, where can they? Now tell us, first of all, where, where people can find you and what you're all about. Yeah, so my website is chriskeski.podia.com and also Chris Kesky on Odyssey. You can find my talks I've done with people there. And um, regarding nukes, which is going to be the focus of today's discussion, um, I did a talk with Black Flag Productions and also with Jim Rizzoli about nukes. I love Jim so, Rizzoli. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, thanks for the kind words, man. Oh, Appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely, man. Um, actually, I was friends with Jim Rizzoli back when I had a Facebook account. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's he's yeah. him and his brother, right? They do the the yeah. Yes, yes, from New Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah. Because of course, Rizzoli, Jersey. I mean, where, where else would they be from? <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So tell us, uh, tell us about your book. So it's a collection of 20 essays. I really like that format of essays because you don't have to read it in order. You can use it as a reference book. You could, you could, you know, read whatever essay you want first. Um, yeah, so it's basically like the, the A to Z of Jewish hegemony. Um, Indeed. And um, Jews being at like the top of the pyramid, so to speak, with um, a lot of collaborators and um, – yeah, I talk about like pretty much everything under the sun related to that. Um, Judaism, anti-Semitism, media, finance, politics, historical events such as like Jewish communism, slavery, Israel-Palestine conflict, like genocides like the um, Armenians, Assyrians and Greeks was, and um, Jewish drug pushing like the Opium Wars in China, the Holo hoax, nuke hoax. Mm. Um, Zionist wars in the Middle East, 9-11, diamonds, conflict diamonds, feminism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Man, these, these Jews, they seem to have yeah. their, their hands in just about everything. What don't they control? Is exactly. Question, right? And uh, you guys didn't hear this. I don't know if you, if you checked out this week's Nationalist Inquirer, uh, Skull, if you heard it either, but, um, I have a, I have a movie pitch project and what it is, is it starts off all, you know how, you know, it's like, it's like the comeback story is always dark in the beginning. Right. So you start off with the Holocaust. Okay. And, and it's actually, right. it's the beginning of the greatest comeback story ever. And it finishes off with Vanguard and Blackrock. 
Hmm. <laughs> it's just like the all the stories of the Jews who started with absolutely nothing, with pennies in their pocket, and then they became one of the largest companies that ever right. existed right. in every single field that you can possibly imagine. Yeah, I'm telling you, the Jews are looking at the Holocaust all wrong, man. It's like the beginning of a comeback story. And you know these guys love a good comeback story. You've seen every Jewish movie where the little guy wins in the end, David and Goliath, all that stuff, right? I mean, what's, what's, a, better, what's, a, what's a darker start than the Holocaust? <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. That's I don't know if I pitched that to Woody yeah. Allen if he would. Actually. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in the whole the um, Holocaust, which I think was um um I don't, I'm not sure how many Jews were killed. Like maybe like um, a million or so. I, it's hard to say, but certainly not way lower than six million. Oh, absolutely. And um, no gas chambers existed, but that's similar to the um, Nuke hoax mm -hmm. because it's around the same time World War II. You had these two, the convergence of these two colossal hoaxes right at the tail end of world war ii that really set up the um zeitgeist for the second half of the um, 20th century mm, 100%. So, i mean the holocaust was it was a psyop as well it wasn't popularized until the 70s right until Raoul hilberg with his book um destruction of european jury and that's been a huge um well part of the the victimhood complex because the jews have the, the biggest best victimhood status out of any minority group Absolutely. So it's like, it's, it insulates them from criticism. You know, I think I, they are they are the top of the victimhood pyramid. I think, and even I mean, just being Jewish. But, I mean, if if you look at history, it's the exact opposite. I mean, they've been the the main victimizers in, in a lot of events. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like you know, it's inversion magic with them. Everything's the opposite. Right. Yeah. yeah. But we're not here to talk about the Holocaust hoax. We are here to talk about the new hoax. This is our yeah. third episode in our in our nukes are, don't real series. <laughs> um, man, this is yeah, we 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 did it ourselves the first two times, and now we have a guest. So. Where do you want to start? Okay, so I'm just going to lay my cards on the table. All right. In my view, nuclear bombs are categorically fake, based on the preponderance of the evidence or lack thereof. So I'm going to ask you a question. Guess how many Japanese cities were firebombed during World War II? Oh, I know the answer to this, though. It's cheating. But um, <laughs> it's like, it was in all of them except for one. It was like all of them except for like Kyoto, right? 67. Yeah. <laughs> 67, 67 cities were Japanese firebombed. cities were firebombed, which is atrocious. I mean, and the, the USA got away with this. You know, there was no war crimes tribunals for, for the USA. Also, Japanese um, were interred in prison camps mm -hmm. in America. And, you know, it, a lot of people forget about that. Well, everybody's gay. Everybody's um, favorite gay Star Trek uh, actor reminds us all the time that George Takei is always reminding people that his parents met in a Japanese or an American internment camp. So it, depending right. on who you talk to, like some of them, don't, you know, they do believe a little bit of that. But the internment like camps as well were of, of similar conditions to the ones that were in Germany and Austria and Poland. Were, those worse different. a lot of times. Oh, way worse. Yeah, worse yeah. a lot of times. Uh, but the uh, only, worse food, like worse food and rationing. Yeah, and then the, what they didn't have was bombings upon supply trains and lice and typhus and those sorts of things to deal with. So that's why you don't see the horrifying looking pictures that were, uh, of course, a lot of those pictures were from the Holodomor as well. But yeah, I mean, we had our own thing going on here. Right. So 
you know, if, if I'm claiming, you know, that, so obviously, so long story short, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they were bombed, but they were bombed with incendiaries and mustard gas, not nukes. So it was, it was a hecatomb of huge proportions. It was horrible. I mean, it was, this was a, a ma- huge mass murder. I mean, like terrorist campaign um, that uh, America got away with. And, um, you know, I, 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 you know, attribute a lot of the, um, influence at the top to Jews, but we can't forget the, the collaborators, the people that went along with us, the, the non-Jews who, who, you know, like dropped the bombs and basically were, um, good Shabbos goy and carried out this agenda. So that it's sad how, um, it's a sad history, Mm -hmm. but, um, basically there's, um, there's no evidence of nuclear damage basically so there's a lot of evidence of damage that's consistent with firebombing which is very very destructive but there's no evidence of nuclear damage well is has there ever been evidence of nuclear damage anywhere that is they can even compare it to like what is the reference for nuclear damage well there was there was a a before um hiroshima nagasaki which was august 1945 they, they tested um, there was a Trinity test mm-hmm. in New Mexico, and there's a there's a um, an amazing photo on page 187 of my book, and it shows Oppenheimer and General Groves and these other people, and they're standing around like the epicenter of where they detonated this this nuke, which was supposedly the first like successful nuke test, um, and. They're wearing no protective equipment, and the like. The iron rebar is intact; it's not like melted, which it should have been, because they claim nukes are millions of degrees, literally. Mm. So this radiation myth actually came later. It was not. It, it, they they built upon this propaganda and kept adding in properties to increase the scare factor, because they wanted to keep people away from these test sites. Um. So that was that, that was your, just to interrupt real quick. That picture you mentioned sure. too. If anyone uh, wants to purchase your book and look at it, it's not even a crater. It's actually a pile of rubble that yeah. they've. It looks like they've stacked it up and pulled the rebar out of the ground, and it's all going right. up instead of down, as you would expect an actual crater and to the, look. The grounds the grounds crack, but that happens in a desert anyway. It looks, um, but yeah, no, no crater. I, and another thing is, I have to rebut. You said they have no protective equipment. They are clearly wearing booties over their over their shoes. <laughs> yeah, it's right. it's it's laughable. They are protecting. They are definitely protecting what were probably the red leather shoes of the elites. But that's for right. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, go, so no, go I, on. This doesn't look. This looks ridiculous. This is a ridiculous. There's no radiation, like you said. Like you said, the radiation idea came up later. Well, none of them got radiation poison, did they? And well, they were I mean, right in the middle of it. This, well, I mean, come on. To be fair, it was two and a half months later, I guess. That I again, that right? Two, right but 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 yes, they shouldn't be standing around in their like you know in their regular clothes, and there's no hazmat suits and. None of this right. stuff. And again, like Skull said, this doesn't look like an explosion. Well, people still can't live in, people still not allowed to um, live in Chernobyl today because they claim that's still irradiated. And that's despite all the plants and vegetation that's grown back. Well, they're not allowed to, but um, there's some people still do. I think there's restrictions like regarding tourism and stuff. 
yeah, there's a there are restrictions, checkpoints. They check yeah. your radiation level from those sorts of things. But there are people who never left and they're perfectly healthy and they've been living there the entire time. Right. Yeah. They don't. They don't have television, so they don't know about the nuclear problem. Yeah, they didn't get the memo. <laughs> they didn't get the well. They didn't get the memo. Like yeah. the residents of was it Hiroshima had to get the memo the next yeah. day. Like they went back. They yeah. were like, "All right, are the planes gone? Okay, cool. We got to clean this up and get back to farming." And they went out and and right. and, and, and the American planes flew over again. And they're like, "Oh no, 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 no! You guys were irradiated and nuked. Here, here's the here's the paraphernalia yeah. and the propaganda that you need to read." <laughs> and they dropped. Yeah. they dropped. Uh, Letters, leaflets, leaflets. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. They dropped um, leaflets on on Japan. Um, U.S. Air Force dropped leaflets the day after they were nuked because a lot of the Japanese didn't believe they were nuked. Right. So they, the U.S. Air Force like dropped literally leaflets saying, you know, you were nuked. Believe us. Yeah. <laughs> and, like like things like something you'd notice. That's what I'm saying. I mean, right. like, I don't under, like. I can understand nowadays how stupid Zoomers are. Like they don't even understand. Like the, some of the sh- shit that these people don't get nowadays is ridiculous. But back then, you would know. Right. Like you would know. I think a zoomer might not know if they were on fire nowadays, though. <laughs> yeah. So before the um, bombs were allegedly dropped, mm. so there's like the, the bombs were like props. They're like supposed to weigh like tons, like but they're like being pushed around like on this like little dolly, like they're just props. And the footage. Of that, like supposedly this was on Tinian Island um, where they prepared these bombs. And the, the Tinian, on Tinian, Tinian Island, there's like Quonset huts. They're like these like kind of like odd-shaped buildings. So, but in the footage, there's no Quonset huts. So it's probably they just, they just filmed the footage in, in Hollywood. And they also never tested the bombs before dropping them. So they'd spent billions of dollars on this bomb, and then like, I mean, imagine if it went awry. You know, they never test what they should have done if it was real. Is tested the bomb and then reproduced it, but they never tested it. The, the, the Chris, don't you know about American gumption and bootstraps? I mean, we actually oh, yeah. nailed the Apollo landing the first time we tried it, and all the other landings and takeoffs from the moon as well. It's amazing. Right. We are literally it's, like it, we used to be able to get yeah. stuff on the first try. Now, now with an F twenty two Raptor, we can't take down a balloon on the first shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's basically this firebombing um, atrocity, you know, and then they like branding that as like heroism. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucked up. Um, the bombs. The, the accuracy of the bombs was abysmal. So they were, they were supposedly like 20,000 feet above Hiroshima when they dropped the bomb. Um, and Hiroshima has a radius of about one mile. So they, like, and the, 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 bomb, the way they dropped the bomb is like they didn't press a button and drop it like what they show you in like Hollywood. It's like the bomb site, the northern bomb site was like an analog computer that like automatically drops the bomb. Very archaic um, technology, like hmm. crap. So they had a fifty percent chance of of hitting Hiroshima at all, but they claimed the bomb landed right in the middle. That's that's good old American ingenuity, right there, man. That's right. First try magic, every time. The magic bomb, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's directly in the center of the main park. In the, I mean, the park was the park was actually there before, so it was already a park. 
Was this like hitting? Yeah. Was this like hitting the exhaust port on the? Yes, uh, on the yeah, Death Star. That's exactly what it's like. Okay. Like all the Tartarian type buildings are located in that one section that they managed to hit it in, mm-hmm. and everything else in the city spreads out from there. And they hit it directly right. in the center, directly above the domed building, which is called the Rooster, or the Chicken's Nipple, or something. Oh, crazy that's like right. That. That's that's the, yeah, yeah, Mercury and Alchemy yeah. and all those other things. They just happen to hit it just right above that building. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, can't you, like, dude, aren't you proud of your American military? Yeah. Proud to be an American. Anyway, we get, we, we get a little carried away here sometimes, Chris. So you have to, don't mind us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good to add some, um, liberty to this. You have to, I mean, yeah. we live in clown world. So yeah, if you know, if you can't laugh at it, you're going to end up doing bad things. So. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there was no blast damage mm-hmm. either. So there were a lot of flimsy buildings which were intact, like a lot of flimsy, like really skinny trees that were still intact. And you can look at photographs of the firebombing, like the aftermath damage in Tokyo, for example, or, or like a lot of other Japanese cities. And it looks like identical to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like a lot of things are like burned, but like it wasn't like leveled. It should have been leveled if it was a nuke because mm-hmm. that's what they claim nukes do, right? Well, they claim they have what the heat of a thousand suns, they uh, right. several several million degrees, and there's a blast radius supposedly for miles. And none of these, none of these areas that were quote nuked have any sort of a blast radius whatsoever. No. Um, yeah, brighter than a thousand suns, and yet um, very. Uh, um, there are pretty much no accounts of Japanese people being blinded. By this explosion. Oh, but there's that one memorial where you can see the outline in the shadow, and right? Isn't there several of those? Yeah, well, a lot of those like fake. Yeah, they they invented a lot of fake. Like the shadows, like are just like really like fake. Like, yeah, because supposedly the bomb was dropped in the morning, so like the street should have been bustling with activity, people going to work and stuff. Right. But there's only a few shadows. Huh. Yeah. Well, uh, and, like, the sometimes shadows the angles on the shadows are wrong. Like. It's just Hollywood. They have their own stories too. Like every shadow has a, oh, this was a woman and she was pulling a cart of vegetables and she had a cat. And it's just like, how do you know all this stuff? Like were you, who was there right. to record the it's shadow just, person? It's to, their history? It's, to, it's to scare people. They claim people's eyes melted, no roof tiles melted, which is like impossible, physically impossible. Um, there was no crater either, like because um, supposedly there was this huge mushroom cloud, which is nothing special because a lot of explosions are mushroom. Yeah, clouds. lots of you can make a mushroom cloud with dynamite, right? But if if there's this huge mushroom cloud, it needed fuel to burn. It needed debris. Mm-hmm. They claim the bomb was detonated above ground, but it doesn't make sense. You know, mm. if it was detonated above ground, there wouldn't have been a mushroom cloud like. Right. Um, yeah, we looked into that on the previous show, and it would have been like a firework. It would have been a ball explosion in the air. And the requirement for a mushroom cloud is that it's a ground-based detonation, and that's how it works. It goes up from the ground because right. it pushes off the ground, and then it spreads out as gr- gravity, quote unquote, takes over, and it right. goes back down again. Yeah. And the the famous photograph of the explosion at Nagasaki is a composite. It's two separate clouds or explosions 
that are like superimposed together. Yeah. So I, when you, it's like you, a, yeah. I was saying when you mentioned that, I, I took a good look at. It. I've never really looked. You know, I never looked at it. Is it like is this a composite? I'm like, well, I, I always just assumed it was just like a shot of dynamite blowing up or something. Because you know, but right. when you really look at it, you can definitely see. Yeah. There are two. This is two separate. I mean, it's clearly cropped there in the middle. Yeah, sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. And I, all these years, I've yeah. looked at the same picture over and I never thought anything of it until you said that, and I'm like, huh. Yeah, half the smoke is black and half the smoke is white, and there's a line dividing the the two where it separates. Like, okay, so I'm embarrassed now. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm a little yeah. embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, this is like one of them looks like it's be, and one of them looks like it's uh, like a shot of clouds where they inserted that black plume, and then the other one looks like it's just like cloud cover over like Mount Rainier, and they added the mushroom. Yeah. You know, it's like, it looks like this could be three pictures. <laughs> yeah. The more you look at it, the worse it gets. It's like an AI photo, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, eyewitness accounts um, are consistent with firebombing. For example, um, there's a book called Children of Hiroshima, which contains accounts from school children. Mm-hmm. And school children, you know, they're not likely to lie. Right. So they, they, they talk about how um, there was a lot of fire and people ran to rivers to get water. Um, they didn't talk about anything like this outlandish nuclear explosion or these, these amazing science fiction properties or anything that they, that they claimed. Nothing like that at all. There was, there's an um, eyewitness account I like to bring up. There was a missionary who was in Japan at the time called John Siamese. Siamese um, so he was in a like little wooden hut half a mile away from ground zero and he survived is that the guy that couldn't get his story straight and he was stuttering all over the place and I, was, I, I don't know but yeah there's a, I think there's a video of that guy he's a Jesuit priest I think he was wearing glasses yeah we were making fun we were making fun of him in the first one yeah he's in a little hut and he's like oh I survived the blood it was half a mile away He's like I survived. Thankfully, I survived the blast, and I was a- here to witness the yeah. event so that I can relate it to you and get the narrative down. Right? I think he literally said that. Actually, like pretty much. Yeah. It was. It was. I don't know if you remember yeah. the nine eleven Harley Davidson hat guy, but like, at, like reading off cue cards. You know, this guy was reading off. This is the original reading off cue cards guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the the pilot who flew the um, Enola Gay airplane, which supposedly dropped the bomb on Hiroshima, I think. Right. Um, Enola Gay, it's pretty funny. Now. That's yeah, I never understood the name, the fat man and little boy and the Enola Gay. But, there um, has to be something esoteric there. Paul Tibbetts, uh, he was a pilot, and he claimed that the it was like the explosion was not a mushroom cloud; it was a stringer. Mm. It was like a, so, stringer. I think that's like a column smoke so they couldn't get their story straight and the, the first journalist to report at hiroshima was an australian by the name of wilfred birchett and he described like smelling sulfur and this is where um sulfur mustard comes in so this is where like a lot of the uh, injuries that the victims had um and they're horrible and people like you know the the mendacious mainstream media attributed those injuries to to radiation but actually, it's caused by um, mustard gas. 
Because hmm. mustard gas can you, causes. Oh, go ahead, go. Little, uh, I was just going to say could you, that was one of the questions I actually had for you. Was uh, yeah. what are some of the symptoms of mustard gas injury? Um, keloid scar tissue on the skin. Um, so if you look at photographs and see that, um, there's a book uh, Hiroshima Revisited um, by Michael Palmer came out 2020. And, um, yeah, he's, he has a scientific background and he, he demonstrates like, um, mustard gas and explains about like the properties and, um, how it could easily be conflated with radiation damage. And keloid scars for anyone who doesn't know are these large, extremely hard, um, they're, they're worse than normal scar tissue. That's yeah. just like the white skin that covers up. It, it's these big, hard almost crystalline type lumps. Mm-hmm. They're, um, yeah, they, they're lumps. It's like keloids are formed yeah. like when you get a piercing and it closes up and you have that hard lump under your skin, that's a keloid. But imagine that on the right. outside of your skin. It's bad. Right. Yeah. Um, similar to, uh, you know, they've, they've used this before where they've lied about they've lied about other stuff and it's all, you know, like usually like some sort of chemical like mustard gas. Because yeah. at the time, mustard gas would have been Ill, uh, against the Geneva Code. Yeah, um, I think Geneva. When was the Geneva? Code it was after um, World War One. I, codified. I thought they outlawed all that shit. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, because they used mustard gas and um, horrible chlorine gas and phosgene and yeah, like yeah, that was yeah all, phosgene. Uh, oh, you mean like what's happening over supposedly happening over uh, over East Palestine? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they used white phosphorus against the Palestinians in two thousand eight. Killed uh, right, roughly a thousand Palestinians. Horrible, um, and that's illegal under international law. Yeah, oh man, they, yeah, the, the Jews did that too, and that was against civilians. I mean, Gaza mm-hmm. doesn't even have a military. Well, neither did Dresden. No, neither <laughs> did Hiroshima. I mean, Hiroshima or Nagasaki. They they were civilian targets. They were civilian targets, um, and were they not? Uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, they were the two largest. I, I guess like um, Christian areas of japan at the time um i don't know um they were located on the coast so Mm. i think they they were deemed important targets for that reason Um, nagasaki was a was a strong christian region or catholic area where historically the portuguese ministers um had first gone there and they were martyred and there are lots of catholic churches and martyrdom spots, and it was a center for uh, Christianity. Hiroshima, not not so much, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. There were poor cities as well. Okay, I knew one of them was okay. Yeah, yeah. There's some similarities between um, Portuguese language and Japanese language, um, which is interesting. Um, there's a lot of borrowed words and a lot of yeah. shared history. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, Japan was closed for hundreds of years, but they did allow the Portuguese to trade. That was the one port that was open. It was in Nagasaki. It was this small island called Dejima, and it was um, basically like a little tiny Portuguese settlement there. And that was the one area that Japan allowed open. And so, at a at, you know, in the 1600s, I think they martyred all of the Christians at the time. But later, after right. the country was opened up by Perry. They allowed it back in, and so that became the area that was actually a center of Christianity in Japan. Hmm. 
Well, there you go. That makes that makes sense. And yeah. it's yeah. I wonder why the Portuguese though. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know that one. <laughs> the, I think the um, Portuguese or I know the Spanish. I'm not sure about the Portuguese, but they sent missionaries to India. So um, maybe the yeah. And also, um, of course, um, South America was like um, Spanish missionaries, oh, yeah. so and Portuguese, like Brazil speak Portuguese. Yeah, I mean, you have the Spanish, you have you know the Philippines, and down there, um, I mean, they're named yeah. after King Philip, who was Spanish, right? <laughs> uh-huh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, so yeah, uh, so these port cities, these one of them is the center of Christianity. What, for whatever reason, they were targeted as the first two nukes, like the first two yeah. uses of the nuclear, the atom bomb. It's and, also like dropping two. Like, why mm. didn't they just drop one? Like, they right, just right. Two. I mean, yeah. And like, like a few days apart. Yeah. It was supposedly to, um, uh, like, threaten the Japanese so that they'd surrender. But they already wanted to surrender. They, the they were already Completely signing up paperwork. Mass murder. Yeah, weren't they already in the yeah. process of surrendering at the time? Yeah, I mean, there was no chance they could, they could win. Um, yeah, they had Russia sitting on the other side of them, ready to invade the entire country. Like they knew that there was no way they were going to win. So, right, it was just—it was a symbolic sacrifice, a literal holocaust, unlike the other one. Right. Yeah. Um, there may have been a, a Japanese motive, um, like a political motive, that they would, some Japanese officials would go along with this hoax in order to get immunity from war crimes tribunals. Because, like, you, like there were nev- was never really like a Nuremberg type tribunal for Japanese war crimes. Well, which is interesting. They didn't commit like, the Holocaust, though. So. Right. I mean, there's there's that, but also, no, I can see that. I can see them yeah. wanting to get out of of their quote war crime, but the Japanese supposedly did capture and torture and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then everybody did it. It's war. I don't. That's the thing that I don't under. I right. never really understood about war. It's like, okay, we're gonna try and kill all your guys. You're gonna try and kill well, all my guys. Ready, set, go. You know, there's, there's all, all's fair and love. about and, it, really, yeah. Yeah, all's fair and love in war. But then afterwards, you lost the war, so now you guys all have to be held accountable for all the stuff you tried to do during the war. But does it, like, that seems, that just doesn't seem very sporting of I mean, war. Meanwhile, we incinerated, uh, like, however many thousands of women and children oh, yeah. at a, a world-ending bomb and introduced the possible, you know, in, in the, the ostensible end of the world yeah weaponry and we're we're the heroes right yo yay america good guys it's so it's so upside down and backwards and disgusting. it is it's it's yeah, yeah. it's the the patrick and SpongeBob, they saved the city you know yeah yeah <laughs> um and another point there was no radiation at yeah. hiroshima and nagasaki no no um damage to people like long-term damage from radiation there was a study headed by john boyce Um, which was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, very um, mainstream, prestigious journal, sample size of 70,000 people. They found, like, no increase in genetic damage. 
Now, who were the people that they studied? The offspring of atomic bomb survivors, allegedly. Okay. So the so survivors that actually had children because, you know, I mean. Yeah. And they found 70,000 survivors' children? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing because, I mean, if the radiation did what it said, then those would have been, I mean, to have 70,000 survivors' children means there would have been. I mean, at least 70, you know, I mean. No genetic damage, like no cancer. Yeah, them. nothing. Like, it's amazing that these yeah. people were able to even have kids, right? Yeah, and, and then, no like, the, the. As well, no genetic damage. Yeah. They survived long enough to have kids. They survived long enough to raise their kids to the ability to survive themselves. Mm -hmm. They managed to grow up in an area that was supposedly completely irradiated, eating the food and drinking the water there. Yeah, um, yeah. The areas themselves were teeming with plant flora and fauna, the, vegetation life. They had the trains running in yeah. three days after. Yeah, and those cities were repopulated immediately. Yeah. They rebuilt them immediately. That's what I'm saying. Like they were, the, the Japanese put out the fires and were like, all right, we got to clean this shit up. Let's go. Get back to work. Three days yeah. later, the trolleys are running. Yeah. 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 And also the um, telephones were running. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, and there was no, the thing is, there should have been electrical magnetic pulse damage. Oh, right. sure. It was a real nuke, but there was sure. no, no EMP damage at all. It should have been all kinds of things that they told us happen in the movies, you know? Um, right. But they did give us the so, scare. Now, you know, after Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and it was paraded around the West on the silver screen. Because that was the only place people could watch it was in the movie theaters. It was the newsies, like the newsreels or whatever, in between the in between the features. And right. So I'm sure that that was played over and over and over and over again. But just the just the all they get is a couple of little scenes, you know. And, and people get the pictures of the fire bombings, and they were terrible. Right. And yeah. there was actual devastation. So it's going to be yeah. very difficult, especially in black and white, to determine. What the difference would be between a firebomb? I didn't know until I started looking into this. I'd look at the, those well, pictures and went, "Wow, what destruction these things have wrought!" And it's, it's so, like, "Oh, yeah, so and, horrific." And, just real quick, and the, you look at the other yeah. cities like Dresden or Tokyo or any of the other cities that were firebombed, and the pictures are identical. And even Google's AI has trouble determining which city is which. Right, and these hor horrific photographs. They they play on people's emotions, you know. It's easy to, to um just just overlook like th the logic behind these these photos because you just you just feel sad for the victims. So I think they they use that. It was this very scary novel apocalypse weapon. Oh yeah, that was so. That I think that's also why people didn't question it. Well, it's something nobody had ever heard of. Okay. I mean, they might have heard about it on the news, maybe in their science class at school. You know, one of the kids' chemistry teachers might have told something. You know what I mean? Might have read it in the newspaper or something. The thing that is, like, very few people have, um, like, witnessed a nuke or claimed to have mm -hmm. witnessed a nuke, mm -hmm. right? There's That's like, the thing. They're, like, you know, tested at these secret locations. Um, Except what they should have done... Except is, for Vegas. Um, if they were real, they should have invited, you know, the general public to witness the explosions. Well, they basically did with Vegas. Like, they, people were having rooftop, you know, uh, explosion viewing parties. Yeah, I heard about that. Mm -hmm. 
And um, nobody I don't had know how many people? Yeah, um, nobody had nobody had radiation poisoning or anything like that. Or did anybody or film it though? Um, like, I suppose I don't remember. Skull, do we have? Is there any film of that? I'm sure there has to be. I, I don't. I don't know that. There has to be somewhere like one of those, even if it's like a newsreel, you know, they're watching. And we were saying something earlier, um, Skull, you mentioned the black and white pictures. But Chris, you mentioned that during all of the time of during the testing and all this, um, these yeah. uh, war, you know, photographs and whatever, the, um, the test explosions and whatnot, they had the technology to take color pictures. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But they didn't. They chose not to. Right, and a lot of the tests are filmed in very elusive conditions, like at nighttime mm-hmm. or underwater. Right, like um, that's ideal. Like it, explosion underwater, like it's the, the the explosives are hidden, and it's difficult to judge the scale. You know, um, where where is it in the ocean? Um, yeah, well, it's water. A lot the, of video, video, the video that we do have from so-called nuclear explosions is laughably comical it's obviously done with models and the film would have been irradiated the cameraman would have been blown away the camera doesn't even shake in the <laughs> oh the house that's the one with the farmhouse <laughs> yeah, that away. the invincible away. cameras mm-hmm. yeah they're uh, yeah well it's poor the same cameraman. camera just like, just like the moon landing it's like that poor cameraman what happened to him after apollo 17 took off and they panned up well he's the, the thing that's go. where he did his training he did his training in yeah. like las cruces you know or, <laughs> Yeah, wherever where is where was the Trinity? Was it Las Cruces, New Mexico? Los uh, Alamos. Los Alamos. That's right, Los Alamos. Yeah. And the thing is, I think a reason why a lot of the tests were were in black and white was because nukes are supposedly millions of degrees. Um, but like, if you look at any of the color uh, films. Like the explosions are orange or yellow, so they just look like normal fire, mm-hmm. right? Which is not very hot. Like obviously, blue fire is hotter than uh, orange fire, so you know that just doesn't make sense. Um, right. Basically, there's smoke, unburned fuel, unburned hydrocarbons in the explosion. That's so that, a real that's nuke would be millions of degrees. It would look like it would have. Um, Static charges, uh, X-ray effects, um, nothing like these banal, conventional explosions. Right. I mean, and, and like we've seen quote nuclear explosions in movies and television and media for years, and they yeah. show us what a nuclear explosion should look like, and it's always a huge like white blast right it's always like white hot colored and there's a huge blast and everything's leveled and decimated but if you see any of these test you know videos they're always like a ball it's a mushroom ball it's not really a like a a real mushroom it's like a ball and a a ball of, of of fire and smoke like you said it implies unburned hydrocarbons yeah lots of them so is this that's not a nuke that's tnt yeah you know and it's i mean it's laughable honestly like people the, the fact that people can look at this and they say to me johnny how can you deny deny the one of the greatest aryan achievements of all time the great one of the greatest achievements of white men you're shitting on white men's accomplishments again 
God, you're anti-white. Well, we'll, and I'm like, wait we'll a minute. Learn. I mean, it was basically this was a yeah. There's um, no white man. Largely a, a bogus science mm-hmm. spearheaded by Jews. Right. So there's no there's um, no great white achievement here. This was a lie piled up yeah. on top of another lie given to you by Jews and Jewish scientists. And I don't need to repeat myself, but like, uh, <laughs> but like, and, and, and they give you these things, which, which gave us the generation, the decades or whatever you want to call it. The, the, uh, the, the era of American exceptionalism without the lie of the nuclear yeah. bomb, we wouldn't be able to oh, we back to back world war champs. And you know, we went to the moon it's ba- based on the two biggest lies. Yeah. 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 We wouldn't be well, the, we wouldn't the, be thirty seven trillion dollars in debt if we didn't quote drop the bomb on Japan. Yeah, there you go. Um, there was a, a great book uh, by Akio Nakatani. Presumably, he's Japanese. It's called "Death Object Exploding the Nuclear Weapons Hoax," published in twenty seventeen. And he talks about like the tests in the Pacific, like um, Bikini at, Atoll, Bikini Atoll, for yeah. example, which is still um, off limits, by the way. Right, and here's a quote from that book. Here we have a few miles of fragile coral reef elevated only a few feet above sea level that was subjected to a sustained atomic attack of massed overwhelming heat, blast and radiation power never before known on this planet. The sand and limestone of the ground, beaches and lagoon floor by rights should have been fused into a disgusting lunar slag, the kind of thing you find on the higher reaches of the Ustuya. Kilauea volcano in Hawaii, a total moonscape. But in fact, the place looks more like an undeveloped version of Waikiki. Nobody traveling from Bikini Atoll has reported any Bikiniite analogous to the Trinitite. Hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Trinitite is the um, supposedly the uh, mineral, I guess, or the compound that was generated by the explosion. It was, and it turns out that it was just probably desert glass. Right. And of course, if you look at the pictures, like the picture in your book, Chris, it's not desert glass. It's just the standard broken, dried desert ground that you mm-hmm. see that looks right. like cracked. Um, exactly. Like skin or something. And then the same thing with Bikini Atoll. It's like, interestingly, they perform these tests at places where there was sand Sand turns to glass at high heat, and there's yeah. no pictures of glassed ground anywhere, even though you always hear the cliche when people talk about, oh, I'm going to nuke the Middle East. I'm going to turn it into a sea of glass. And it's That's like, right. Well, turn into a glass parking lot, bro. Yeah, it's like maybe provide evidence for that well, a sea of glass exists anywhere on Earth in the first well, place. Because a, I another thing, where's the, glass, where's the glass at Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Right, that's what we're saying. There isn't yeah. any. No, there isn't. Well, there's probably some. You know, there's probably some glassware that didn't burn in somebody's house. You know? Right. And I, I always, a- I always find it funny that people are. I find people are kind of accepting of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki not being nuked when you tell them that you know a, a city made out of paper, pretty easy to burn down, and they go, "Oh yeah, that's right." Yeah, a lot of the buildings were were wooden, wooden paper, so they burned. But the concrete buildings, like um, chimneys and stuff, mm-hmm. remained intact. Uh, right, and like, you can if you look see at it. the roads. Yeah, if you look at the roads, like debris wasn't like blown around. Like the roads are like pretty clean. Yeah, um, it looks. It literally just it looks burned down. That's all, and, and everything. And it doesn't look burned down like uh, the 1906 San Francisco fire or the Chicago Great Chicago fire that actually, quote, burned an entire brick city to the ground. That was a whole other thing. Um, 
Right. Yeah, that's that's a different story though. <laughs> um, but but uh, yeah, it's it's nothing but wood. You can see the trees are burnt. You can see, but the, anything any of the metal structure, excuse me, or the the stone structures are all completely intact. Yeah, and Chris, right. as you mentioned earlier, like the blast allegedly took place directly above the center of the city and directly above these buildings, these dome that this domed building was the epicenter of the blast in Hiroshima, allegedly. And that building up until about a decade ago, it the dome itself was still covered in most of the concrete from the original. And the yeah. blast was allegedly just something like, I don't know, like a thousand feet above it. So it should have been just completely obliterated and nothing left of it. But yet the dome itself with this pretty thin layer of concrete that made it up was still visible. I've seen it with, I had seen it with my own eyes until recently they renovated it and they took all the little pieces of concrete off because they said it was dangerous. I don't know why, because the whole building's roped off. You can't go in there anyway. It just would have <laughs> fallen inside. But And all the buildings in that area as well, all those stone buildings were completely intact. It was just the wooden buildings that had been burned away. Right. Ridiculous. Exactly. Um, what's the... Okay, so... The, and there's no elevated um, rates of cancer... Uh, no genetic mutations in any species of plants or animals. Um, like you said, 70,000 people were studied as the offspring of atomic bomb survivors. Uh, like nothing. No congenital abnormalities, no chromosome aberrations, nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's so, weird. Old it's just school, so you weird. live in Japan. I mean, is it, is it a big deal like today? Do the, do the Japanese people talk about it much? Yeah, it's huge. Okay, so it's an... Yeah. <sighs> Like the way that the Holocaust is treated as a trauma-based mind control coming of age ceremony, where that's like like why the Holocaust museums exist, both for Jews and for um, Gentiles. But they have the two peace museums, they're called here, of course. And they're built in a similar style as the Holocaust museums. You know, that really gray, bleak, communist, brutalist architecture that just makes you want to... And that's on purpose. All of that's on purpose because it's supposed to set a tone and a mood. And they have um, every sixth grade class, or at least like fifth and sixth grade class, they have a school trip that they go on. And all of them have to make their pilgrimage to one of the Holocaust museums where they're indoctrinated into the Japanese version of Holocaustianity, which is the atom bomb tragedy and here of course it's the same idea it's it's the never forget we can never let this happen again look at the tragedy oh poor us we were destroyed by the of course it's not the same um vitriolic hatred of americans which is thankful that the jewish people have even though americans are allegedly the ones that saved them from the holocaust and that that's a whole other story hang on a second that's that's something i've always wondered how do we get out of that one we're the yeah, ones that right. bombed them, and, Jap- and the Japanese love Americans more than anybody. They do. I mean, it's true. And like when you meet another Japanese person, there's never any. There's never. I mean, unless it's a really old person, there's really never any animosity, and they're very welcoming and and nice. And as far as the Jews go, it's, it's like you're welcome, huh, guy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, because it's, it's the totally opposite thing. It's like we did bomb J- Japan. It, like there is a fault here even if it's real or not it's like there is a fault and no, they, the yeah no are, they have the japanese yeah. have twice as much reason to hate americans than jews do 
right? Yeah. Jews, I mean, the Americans Jews, supposedly Jews liberated. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, they don't say thank you. The Japanese are like thanking us for, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, we brought in McDonald's and, you know, and waifu pillows. <laughs> we don't, but, anime but, 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 didn't yes. come out of Japan. Anime came from because Jews showed up in Japan. Probably, yeah. Yeah. The, the museums are set up just like Holocaust museums, though. They are trauma-based mind control centers for people to go in with one mindset and to come out with a completely different view of history. They're a telling, they're kind of like the world's fairs. They're a retelling of a certain history in order to enact a certain mindset on the populace. And it's done at a young age and uh, it's really gross. It's really gross. Mm. And and I was fooled by it. I went into them. I cried at the museums. They're, they're very effective. Like when you go in there, you can touch the melted glass and you see the pictures and they have the story, like the story of the girl who was uh, sick from radiation sickness, but she was going to fold a, th- a thousand paper origami cranes, but she couldn't make it to a thousand and she died. That's the end of the story, by the way. Oh my That's God. It. Yeah. I, I remember this story. I remember yeah. hearing this story. Um, oh, horrible. Man. It is. Horrible. And again, well, yeah. And it's done to children, you know, and, and it's indoctrinating. Yeah. I was yeah. just talking about like speaking of Holocaustianity, um, you know that like most American kids, not anymore because porn is so prevalent, but up until porn was so prevalent, the first naked body that most American kids would see was the naked dead Jew in uh, Schindler's List because of yeah. because of Holocaust education in school. I mean, that in National Geographic. Oh, yeah, that too. That too. Yeah, you get the you get the uh, the extended Ugandan titties and the. Uh, yeah, right. I always thought it was weird how like they would put like like you know like like the naked like the naked African broad in 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 the magazine, but also Africa had like cities and like you know models and like you know, like, you know what I mean. Yeah. It was weird. I was Africa is a very weird continent. And, yes. Yeah. That's a, again. That's a whole. Yeah, other and thing. um. Go ahead. Uh, Pearl Harbor um, mm. was used. That was kind of the um, casus belli for American entry into World War Two, and that was that was bullshit. That was I think that was a false flag. There's some evidence on the website nuclears.org, which is my main source uh, that I cite in my book. It's a great like repository of information about this uh, nuclear. But um, first class skeptic, he he makes a good case that like. Um, it was a false flag. Like uh, Roosevelt had full knowledge, and what happened was a, da- a day before Pearl Harbor, the sailors were instructed to stow their weapons, and they they had a party and they got drunk. So the next day, when Pearl Harbor happened, they were hungover. <laughs> well, <laughs> all their weapons were like, well, actually, actually, they held their yeah they held their back pay for six months before that. That's one of the reasons they had a party, is because right. they had all this bonus money all of a sudden that they hadn't had for half a year. And the thing is, like Pearl Harbor, no civilians were killed. You're right. It was a military target. So that was fair game. Right. Yeah, was there wasn't even really any fear. military guys killed because what was hit was a uh, was a repair yard in the first place. Mostly, right. most of the ships that were, most of the stuff that was hit was stuff that was in, and it was, was taken out of service or, or was in the yards for one reason or another. 
Um, we're under very minimal crews. So yeah, even even those casualties were minimized. So there was zero civilian casualties, and they were they were yeah. they were basically forced into it. I mean, uh, the embargo that America put on on Japan's oil, and the other, I mean, all the other poking in the chest that that they did um, illegally. And, you know, Japan did that and, quote, dragged us into the war, made the front page of the newspaper. Yeah. And now we get, there we are, World War II. Yeah. Also, the so-called rape of Nanking, mm. Japanese atrocities against China. Oh, yeah. There were some great videos. Um, like a Japanese person was exposing how a lot of the photographs of, of, of those supposed atrocities are doctored. So that's interesting. So that may have been some, that's similar to the hoax. Mm-hmm. How they doctored these photographs or misrepresented photographs? Oh, that's um, you know what's demon, demonize the Japanese. You know, it's interesting about the rape of Nanking is a uh, typical Japanese. No, completely, and despite being taught in school that it's something bad that they did, they all know instinctually that it's fake. And if you bring it up to any normal Japanese, and you're, you need to be in a situation where they trust you. But if they do, they'll tell you that's bullshit. We didn't do that. That's all made up. Those are Chinese lies. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we we know about those. We know we, about we know those, those lies. Guys. Chinese lies. You mean Kaifeng yeah. lies? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. That's, that's the other thing that that always gets me is that you know the Chinese dude. The Chinese just look. Up, they idolize Jews. There are no Jews Jewish influence in China. What's wrong with you? They're just really big fans. Yeah. Well, some Chinese officials have. I think there was a professor who came out and said talked about like Jewish control in America. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. Um, well, there's, yeah, that's the Jews, thing is, it's, you, there's Jewish control everywhere. That's and which yeah. is why all the countries. Uh, going back to the nuke thing, why 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 the hoax is you know if if there was no fire if there was no nuclear bomb why didn't Japan come out and say you didn't nuke us. Fuck off, faggots! You didn't nuke us, you know. Why, why didn't you come on? Say, because Japan is complicit. Well, it's not just that they're cowards. Bad. I don't. I don't believe that at all. I think. I think that this part the, of it. I think. Um, I think part I think of it is that the that all the governments play along. Definitely, definitely. I wish more um, people would would come out and uh, expose this. And it's great that we're having discourse about it today, because um, this is one of the biggest hoaxes that ever came down the pike, in my view. Oh, absolutely. It's got the whole world uh, hamstrung and it's an important issue yep. right now because they're threatening they're threatening a nuclear war between Ukraine and um and Russia. Yeah. And it's funny you'll get guys talking about like you'll get guys that know every single in and out of the Holocaust hoax. They know about the wooden doors and the chimneys that were put on later and that yeah. the Germans never signed an order for the final solution and they can rattle off all of those facts, but then they'll be like well, they're going to nuke us, though. They're going to use nukes, though. And it's right. just like, you know, they lied about that, too. Because I'm, I'm not saying that, like, nothing happened in Japan or that, like, the explosions are, like, just, like, completely CGI. Like, yes, it was bombed, but it was bombed with incendiaries and mustard gas. Horrible, yes, not nuked. And the test footage, yes, they're real explosions. Are they nuclear explosions? No. They're just dynamite or TNT or whatever so right. i'm not yeah, saying that it's like it's like all fake it's just not what it purports to be oh absolutely for anyone who hasn't uh, listened to the first episode of the one i think i think it was in the first episode that we did the trinity tests were actually building sized 
stacks of TNT that -hmm. were exploded. And there were actually two tests that would go on at the same time. And they would have people at one test site saying, okay, you're going to see the real atomic explosion. But over there, we're doing a TNT explosion to compare in the kiloton range what the size of the nuclear explosion that you're definitely going to watch is. And then on the other side, they were told the same thing. It was like, okay, you're watching the real nuclear explosion, but over there, we're doing a TNT explosion. And what they basically did is they just did two stacks of TNT and blew them up, and then there was an actual mushroom cloud since it was a ground-based explosion. They took the pictures of it, and it was very convincing to anyone who didn't know what they are looking at because that much TNT had never been stacked up in one place and blown up. Yeah. Yeah, it was just it was just yeah. a huge explosion. Everybody that saw it was like them stacking up the boxes of TNT, telling what they're doing. Yeah. It's, it's not wow. like hidden. And then going back to the uh, the video of the tests that 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 model farmhouse that gets destroyed. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. It gets blown down in so many different music videos. So many people use that. Right. Yeah. It's it's but iconic. It's like the footage is like slow mo. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's the other thing. That's the other thing about explosions. Explosions aren't slow. <laughs> like I don't know if you've ever seen fireworks or or seen like or seen like something really big blow up or tannerite. Like shoot some tannerite. Or, you know, been in Afghanistan or Iraq and actually blew something up. Uh Explosions aren't slow. I don't care what Michael Bay does, you know, in his in his movies. I don't care what what these these Jewish movie producers and directors do in their movies. Explosions are quick. They're very fast. It's boom and it's gone. It's, it's boom and there's a yeah. shockwave and there's an explosion that's gone. There's not this this ball of fire that takes you know seventeen seconds to erupt up into the air. If that's the case, that's that's like a fuel fire, right? Like like a gas, like a oil or uh, some sort of a of a class Bravo fire there uh it's not a nuclear explosion and they'd slow they'd slow down the footage right and they um, slow down the footage to make it look more impressive yeah and they'd slow down the audio to make the sound more ominous mm-hmm. and you hear um, an explosion yeah uh i mean there's one <laughs> a couple metal bands metallica uses that that loud that loud right. that rumbling explosion at the end um, of fight fire with a fire really, <laughs> a really um risible example is the so-called czar bomb um, which supposedly was the biggest nuke ever. Supposedly the mushroom cloud was so big that it like it reached like space. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, the footage is like really low res, and like the mushroom clouds like floating in the air. Like it's so, like it's so bogus. Is that the one that where there's a shadow underneath? The mushroom right, cloud. Well, the explosion's brighter than a thousand suns. Yeah. It wouldn't be a shadow. Yeah. So how is the sun 93 million miles away, first of all? Uh, how is 93 million miles away? Okay. So this thing is brighter than a thousand of those. And it's a lot closer. And yet this sun that's 93 million miles away uh, casts a shadow. It's this thing cloud cast. It doesn't work. That, yeah. does, no, science, man. Your, your, your science is lying. This is, your eyes are lying. And then they tell you, well, well you, know, you, don't have, you don't have special yeah. letters behind your name. So the sun is, actually, sun is actually white. It's not orange or yellow. It's so hot. It's like white hot. Well, it is now. So it wasn't when I was a the kid. Case, you know, how come the nukes are orange and yellow and they're not white? <laughs> This that too, but the sun used yeah. to be yellower. 
That was another. That's another point of contention. They've been changing the color. They changed it out from uh, the old incandescent bulb to a new LED. It's a lot whiter now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's also like a nuclear winter that we always hear about, right? Oh man! But they've done these massive tests all over the place. Uh, it, it in Trinity, they did over a thousand tests, right? I think the number was eleven seventy or something. I re- recently really listened to it. Wow. Yeah. But there was never any nuclear winter. There was never any fallout onto Las no. Vegas. It was the the czar bomb that you just talked about should have been should have just automatically triggered a nuclear winter. And, and these are so. Lo- I mean, these are some of these are supposedly so huge because they expanded the interest industry. The first had atomic bombs, then they faked, um, in my view, hydrogen bombs, which are also nuclear, and um, they got bigger and better and more absurd. But yeah, um, oh, the neutron, no nuclear bomb, winter. Right? Now the, the new ones are the, the neutron. The blast radius for some of these explosions was so large. Like, how on earth, if they were real, how would you test them? Where would you test them? Like testing them in the ocean, you know, that could cause a tsunami, right? You know, or like. But they, but they did. They tested many of these underwater, supposedly. You right. know. And or underground. That's not my other favorite ones. They do them underground. Where? So would you dig a hole? And then just bury it, and then like do the TNT little right. the lever. And then after the um, so-called Cold War, mm. um, I think it became obvious that a lot of this footage was fishy with like more modern technology. Um, people I have were a, gullible. I have and a funny. They, I'm sorry. I have a funny blurb from an article about Russia's Satan two bomb, which um, so this bomb allegedly can destroy an area the size of Texas or France, okay? And yeah. so the article from 2016, this is the, the beginning of the article. Just, I'm just reading the first paragraph. It says, Russian President Vladimir Putin announced Wednesday that his military successfully test-launched, not detonated, an intercontinental ballistic missile with the potential to carry a large nuclear payload. But the Pentagon said it was not a significant threat to the United States. And then my own quote is <laughs> laughing my ass off. <laughs> how did they yeah. test an area of this? How did they test a bomb that could destroy an area the size of Texas? Like they, you, you can't. Yeah. Like so, how do you know it can destroy an area the size of Texas? Well, you yeah. can't. But it's if it's a made-up story, you can just say whatever the fuck you want. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um. Don't you think if nukes were were real, like um, somebody would have used them by now since World War Two? In almost 80 years? Yeah. I mean, as many crazy, how many crazy (laughs) dictatorial government agents have we heard about on the news? Like, uh, according to American media, like Gaddafi or somebody would have already, right? Some crazy. Or Al Qaeda with a dirty bomb. Yeah, Al Qaeda. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen a dirty bomb. None of these things. No. Not one. No. Mm-mm. Not one, not, not one. one. Bomb we, but we keep hearing, we keep hearing that Iran, Iran is like twenty minutes from the bomb, and and North Korea is making yeah. one, and but and but India and Pakistan and, have them. What? Why did they well, get? Uh, yeah, and if you look at test footage of India and, and Pakistan, like they're even more laughable than America or Russian test footage. It's like really unimpressive, like like not even mushroom clouds. Is it like, like they look like fireworks? Is it, is, it, is it like their version of action, like a Nigerian action film? Uh, yeah. Have you ever seen those? Much. Those are those are fucking great. Like, yeah. Hollywood movies are pretty awesome if you suspend disbelief. Oh, yeah. 
Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Hollywood, um, they faked a lot of these tests at Lookout Mountain Studios mm. uh, in in Hollywood. Yes, and and this studio was huge. Um, they actually they made a lot of military films and um, like instructive films and stuff, and. They were in cahoots with Hollywood. I mean, they had like, for example, um, like Warner Brothers, and they were all like um, affiliated. Um, so this was like literally like Hollywood, like faking a lot of these tests, or um, basically, you know, t- like propping up TNT and claiming it's a nuke. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, so lying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lookout Mountain now- was studio that they used for creating all of the bomb and atrocity propaganda and then that later morphed into the laurel canyon um where they actually did a lot of the like tavistock type Hmm. mind control programming that we did the whole the whole thing starting in 1945 with the like the bombs introduced the era of worldwide mass trauma-based mind control upon all the of the populations of the world and the weapon actually was turned upon the pop like they it seemed like my opinion is i think you guys would agree with me that we were already in a one world system when that happened and so the whole cold war is a farce and the enmity between russia and the united states and the the uh, cuban missile crisis and all these manufactured crises were put there not because these two countries were actually at war with one another, but because they could use their own populations and control them with the fear-based mind control programming that these stories would induce in them. And so if you always thought that you were going to be, not, not just eliminated, but like people need to understand, like younger people don't understand the era of the bomb. People thought literally that the entire world was going to be wiped yeah. out at any minute and they were that lie was reinforced in their head and then they had to do drills in school that were again yeah. comical things things were they were like humiliation drills like we had with wearing the mask during covid like, where mm-hmm. they had to get under their desk as if that was going to stop a nuclear explosion yeah. from vaporizing them it was basically get under your desk and, and kiss um, your ass goodbye more or less it's so sad yeah. i mean i've seen interviews with school children where, where they like interviewed about this and it, it's so sad you know, mm-hmm. um, it's yeah. And again, yeah, the media drills it into your head. You have all these, all these, you know, movies year after year after year. What was the first nuclear scare movie? The was it the day after? I, uh, I don't know if it was the first, but, but yeah, that was um, that was like the first bad one, one. I think, right? Yeah, that was um, a television that was it on television, so it was like free. Right, and, um, so it was, yeah, it was free, so everybody got to watch that. People looked at that, yeah. A hundred million Japan, people watched that. Japan had their own. Watched that. Yep. Yeah, Japan had their own series of these movies. There's one called Black Rain, which is so allegedly the people who managed to survive the first wave of the bomb got rained on by the nuclear uh, irradiated rain, and that actually killed all of them. And then the whole movie is just like people dying, and then the main character is this female who dies, and then the end. Yeah, it's like, oh, great, thanks. A very uplifting movie. 
Yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's, it's it's crazy how much how much money they've dumped into this, and it is the scariest thing ever. And then of course you have now you have Israel has the Samson option, right? Um, right. Which which is just a, just a crazy conspiracy theory, like everything else about Israel. But I, I would I mean I think it's a I think it's a bluff. I think that was one of the um, motives behind um, faking nukes. Oh yeah, so that they could do Israel that. was yeah. in a very precarious position. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the world was against um, this invasion state, so they were worried about um, being invaded and, and stuff. So this nuke thing was like would deter other countries from invading them. Because the Samson option, allegedly, like if, if Israel ever is like backed into a corner where they are certain that defeat is imminent, they're going to nuke like major cities like, like going to nuke like, you know, Rome and Berlin and Cairo and like, you know, um, Istanbul or whatever, like Athens, like all these cities around, you know, um, Israel. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a bluff. That's important because I think if there ever is a conflict with Israel, that's important to know. But I think that, that that's a bluff that we could call. Israel probably have, because Israel is like the only country in this world which is free of weapons inspections by the UN. Even, um, yeah, even even China? I thought so China- they probably have dangerous weapons. But do they have nukes? No, I don't think so. No, and it's and again, and people like to yeah, people like to bring that up. They're like, oh, they don't have to have any weapons inspections. That way, they can hide all their nukes, or they can just lie, and they don't have any nukes, and you can't look. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There's yeah. that. Much more you, likely. You, you can't, right. You can't find out that they don't have it. Well, what about all this? I've seen the missiles. I worked. At, okay. They're, yeah. You saw. You saw. They use like drones to shoot children. They use dime ammunition. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing. That's like um, depleted uranium, um, which I think that's um, that's real. Oh, absolutely. And that was used it is. in um, Iraq. Um, yeah. Yeah, that stuff. Like the de- the depleted uranium stuff is actually just like chemically bad for you. Yeah, and that was used in. Um, a lot in um, Iraq, well, in the Gulf War, and in um, uh, the second Iraq War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but people need to also realize, like what Johnny just said, and I think he brought it up in the uh, the previous episode, was that the depleted re- uranium isn't giving gamma radiation to people. There's something else that's chemically poisonous about it. It's extremely caustic and harmful, but it's not because gamma radiation is coming off of it and irradiating people and causing some fallout reaction. You know, by by fallout, I mean the video game. It's like that's not what's happening there. Right, right. Yeah, that's because that's not what's going to happen. Like according to, according to you know, science and media and movies and everything. And if there was a nuclear war, we'd have yeah, we'd have uh, fallout New Vegas. For the next two hundred years, it's a great video game, by the way. It's I great. mean, Fallout Three and New Vegas are like it's one of my, amazing it's one RPGs. Of my that's why I think yeah. it's like a yeah. lot of guys' favorites on this show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Favorite fantasy game ever? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a Final <laughs> Fantasy guy, actually. So, yeah, yeah. But um, so going back, okay, let's go back. So now we've invented the nuclear scare we've invented all uh you know oh no the big boogeyman like you know we could it could end the world and now boom after world war ii uh you know we freed the we stopped germany and now we're 
uh, all of a sudden we're in a cold war yeah. with our buddy Uncle Joe Stalin. Um, one of the motives, I think, and this was suggested by Ray West, who was um, the main contributor on Nucleus. Dot org, which is like a forum. It's mm-hmm. frozen now. But, yes, um, we were actually going to ask ask if you ever if that's for you. But there you go. Yeah, you obviously yeah. know nuclear. But he made a, a great point that um, the political motive behind the so-called Cold War psyop was after the banks to war one and the banks to war two, the elites wanted to cool things down for a while. So the USSR had basically. The biggest mass murders ever happened in the USSR. Uh, famines, um, gulags, death camps, executions. These gulag systems continued after World War II. So, so USSR, um, I think you probably have seen the evidence that that was dominated by Jews, and they wanted to keep it safe for Jews. So if the USSR had nukes, like with the Samson option, it would deter other countries from invading them. So it would keep keep them safe and secure um, and kind of like shut off from the rest of the world, which is what happened until, you know, the um, Berlin Wall came down and all that um, and all that shit. There was a, that was a long time, um, which, um, yeah, the Cold War, I mean, it lasted decades, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. a lot of younger people won't appreciate the intensity of the... Um, scare oh yeah man they pumped it up again with media and movies uh everybody remembers red dawn um yeah you know the russians were going to invade us uh all the rambo movies again you know the russians um james bond movies james bond movies yep uh, terminator uh, the terminator oh man well that was that wasn't the russians though it was Skynet. No, but that was that was the nuke scare, like um, <laughs> right. Oh yeah, the nuke scare. That's right, the nuke scare. Yep, that was the machines grab yep. defense. Yep. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, the nuke scare was big. Like when I was a kid, we did. You know, Skull, you were talking about the um, the drills where they were. You know, you got to get under your desk and tuck your head between your knees and blah 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 and all that crap. Yeah. And that was just that was just fear porn. And then again, at, like Tuesdays yeah. at noon, the the town would blow that. The air raid horn. Yeah, those a lot of those yep. sirens are scary. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah. He always knew when it was like four o'clock on Wednesday in Newington, Connecticut. You know, like you know those sirens. <laughs> those sirens are created by uh, like sucking air through a little like a whistle type thing, mm-hmm. and it, it creates a frequency and a vibration you can feel. And I, I bet that they are tuned to enact to to make to activate something in our nervous system because every time you hear one of those sirens, it just it, it you don't just hear it, you feel it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely feel that because it moves air. <laughs> I was, I was going to say too, like, um, people that are of a certain age now can't really capture the, the horror and the constant looming dread of the entire world being wiped out by a nuclear conflict between Russia and the United States and the mutually assured destruction program that was actually probably mainly put there just so that they could reinforce the trauma-based mind control and to have people constantly yeah. thinking of oh, not only could we get into a war but the whole entire world would be wiped out there'd be no survivors it would be like cormac mccarthy's novel the the road but if you want to think about like how they've been doing this forever they've been doing this since that time because they found out it works but you can only 
squeeze so much out of something or, or otherwise people are going to start looking into it and they're going to start realizing that like getting under your desk is not going to stop you from, you know, having, uh, you're not going to survive a nuclear blast by getting under your desk. Mm-hmm. So then they switch it around and they had the war on terror and they had nine 11 and then yeah. it was the constant threat of terrorism. And then they kind of pulled the nuke era into that by saying, Oh, well, they're going to detonate a dirty bomb in the center of Los Angeles. So you still have to be afraid of nukes and weapons of mass destruction and enriching their uranium. And I just want, I'm almost at the end. And then yeah. finally, when they got to the end of that one, the new one was COVID. And so then now you need to fear a virus that you can't see. And it could also wipe the whole world out. And there had also been all this programming in movies with both zombie movies and then contagion type movies about a killer virus that had gotten out of control and it destroyed everyone. So like they've never stopped and they, they really found something that worked in order to control populations and they keep morphing it and, evolving it i I think that they're probably going to go back to world destroying weapons uh in the future again but they kind of needed to put that one on the back burner for a little while because people are going to start looking at it too closely yeah that's a good point that the threat is invisible and it's hard to pretty much impossible to investigate unless you have access um but from what we can ascertain like yeah it's they're they're hoax nukes are hoax um but yeah, it's what someone should do ideally is actually like investigate it properly and prove like hundred percent of the effect. But they're not going to let you do that. No, because well, since since the um in the nominal end of the Cold War, they banned nuclear tests around the world. So how can you test them now? So like they they well so technically they're banned in the atmosphere and in space. Um, because of pollution, right, or whatever. Well, they changed their mind quickly with that. Um, but nuclear tests are only allowed underground now. How in the fuck do you test nukes underground, like in a big cave? Well, that's you bury it, right? You dig a big hole and then you bury it and you blow it up and it does nothing to the tectonic. Well, it have to be a big right hole. It have to be a big hole, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I don't get it. The under the water, it would cause a tsunami. If you did yeah. it, really did it underground, there would be some sort of, you know, tectonic activity. There would be there would be an earthquake. I mean, like if you if you were to really blow up a ten kiloton bomb or whatever they're at now, I don't even know what size these nukes are supposed to be. You you wouldn't have, you know, a southwestern United States if that was you know what I mean? Like if you did it along a fault line, you could snap California right off. Like isn't yeah. that like isn't that like a doomsday scenario from from a movie? I I feel like it is. So let me ask you a question. Guess how much the Cold War cost American taxpayers? Oh, trillions. Five trillion dollars. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think that was the main motive was the money. And we didn't get anything out of it. They got super rich. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's fucking disgusting. I mean, they got super rich off of like this fear porn and political control. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because they basically, this was all bogus science, so a lot of it was faked, and uh, it was it was an easy way to, to make um, huge profits, um, and with that money, you know, they could utilize that to further expand their control, buy up um when you're talking about industries and um stuff. You're talking about fake science, um, you know, even today. Yeah. 
there's still fake science going on with this. Anytime you go anywhere where there's nuclear activity or you're on a nuclear facility or whatever, they break out the old Geiger counter, right? Right. Geiger, Geiger counters count what? Protons. Protons, right. And what's the bad part of nuclear radiation is the neutrons, right? Yeah. Hmm, weird. Um, <laughs> so the thing that tests for nuclear radiation doesn't actually test for the bad stuff. Supposed bad stuff. Weird. Right. <laughs> and they got everybody to be scared of that little clicking sound. Yeah, there's also been never been a nuke nuclear bomb like in a silo or whatever that's accidentally exploded. Right, since World War II. right. With all the with all the like diversity hires we've had in military and the diversification of the military and equal opportunity and lack of maintenance and gun decking of PMS, something hasn't gone wrong. I don't believe that. This is just so like you- what I, I was hearing these people when I was mentioning the train thing recently the ohio train thing Mm. and some guy in my comments was like well you just don't understand like everything's just breaking down and this is the degradation of society and it's it's funny how that excuse works for everything except for the most important things like nuclear weapons and you never ever have the degradation of nuclear weapons to the point that we get an accidental explosion with those but with every other thing that's a perfectly valid excuse even if it's riddled with gematria and all yeah. sorts of weird conspiracy shit that doesn't add up or make any sense or isn't possible if you start adding yeah. up the odds of all of these coincidences occurring. Yeah, there's, well, the mathematical possibility of all the coincidences occurring all at the same time is somewhere in the realm of zero. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's, cra- it's just crazy how nature be like that, though, you know? <laughs> yeah. So where, where do you see the future for this hoax? Um, um well, well, just like with space, like they're continuing, to, they're continuing with the, you know, the naked emperor, you know. So yeah. I, I think that they're just going to keep holding it over everybody's head because you know every time Israel mentions anything about Iran, they're five minutes away from making a nuke. Um, and then again, like I said, you know, you have Zelensky saying, "Hey, we should just preemptively nuke Russia. Let's preemptively nuke Moscow just to get this war over with." And Moscow's like, "Hey, we should nuke Ukraine." Uh, and then you have companies like Amgen that are building um, facilities all across the world, really. And one of their main, like, I think it's their number one product is a uh, radiation sickness pills. So, like, they're either gonna, they're either gonna. Um, I, I think they're gonna. I, I think they might actually fake a nuclear war. I think that yeah, is. I have a. Right. I have a theory, What's kind that? of. I think that a lot of what we're seeing with the AI is leading to something, and the metaverse, the AI, the digitization of the world, and the preponderance of screens and our access to information coming from these black mirror devices is leading towards a a massive, massive new PSYOP where I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but I think that the push right now is to move the world into a state where we don't know what's real and what's fake, and there's no way to really determine it anymore. I I believe that they've had AI that mimics um, humans for decades, as as, is in like chat GPT type things, uh, mm. writing articles, talking oh, to you, bots that you're communicating with. And then I also believe that they've had 
the ability to create movies and images that are absolutely indistinguishable from reality for also for decades now, but that they've been holding back much of that technology. And then when they do introduce a lot of the things to the public, it has all of these limitations that make it seem like they're not as far along as they actually are. So when you look at the AI images now, it's got all the extra fingers and it's got the uncanny valley thing. It's like, okay, okay, that's what they're showing us, but they've got things that you couldn't tell the difference and you could zoom the thing in on a macro right. scale and you could see the tiny little hairs on like, somebody's earlobe. Yeah. Well, they've already gave uh, some. They- oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, like the holograms, like, um, I think they've, um, used those at like, um, sports games. Yes. And, um, I've even seen those, um, like Holocaust survivor holograms, which are very creepy. Yeah. So they may use holograms even to fake an alien invasion. Well, that's, yeah. that's the whole, uh, Project Bluebeam, supposedly. That's not a real thing, yeah. according to Wayne McCroy. But um, it, it seems it seems uh, he's the only person that thinks that. I don't, well, maybe he's not the only person because. But it's like um, like um, like old school. This point you brought up about like um, the public not being able to discern what's real and what's fake. Like I think promotion of flat Earth is part of that because that I think that's that's nonsense. I think that's controlled opposition because it's like it's this guilty by association thing like oh you're saying nukes are fake or you're just like those flat earthers it's a way to discredit people like us um i mean there's yeah there's that i i think i I think that the uh the the whole earth argument is um at this point i'm i'm over all that but we we uh yeah we, we tend just, to fall we we tend to fall uh less on the spinning testicle side on the show here yeah <laughs> but, but it, it doesn't matter because we agree right. that the way that it's used as a it is yeah absolutely a, used um, yeah it's used as a right. tactic to discredit anything that people like us would say it's like oh you believe that well I automatically discount and um. Uh, not discount. I automatically dismiss everything that you said before that, and I can. Mm. I don't have to think about that now. And I, I don't, don't have, have to, to anything you say. It. And anything you say in the future is automatically thrown in the garbage. Like yeah, I don't have to actually dismiss. argue now because you believe something that I said is fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because that's the way that's you. Because flat Earth society, lol. Then there is a huge. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a huge push to discredit flat Earthers, and just as much as there is. A push to uh to to you know the fake NASA stuff, um, right? And, but again, there's there's control on both sides. Yeah, definitely. And and the reality is, and and the reality is, is it's not real in general. Just like it's not reality. That's what you guys. <laughs> reality isn't every what we single, think it is anyway. Yeah, every single thing by all of these ma- major organizations that's shown to us that comes to us through a screen or through a major government or one of these massive programs is a lie in either a tiny degree or a very large degree, but almost always it's in a very large degree. <laughs> Especially recently. Yeah. Why would they lie? Oh, I don't know. Maybe to control the entire world. Like, what benefit would they get from that? <laughs> what would benefit? They lie? Well, yeah. Yeah. When you, and again, like Skull, you were saying earlier, um, you know, we get people that are on our side, quote, you know, backslash our guys, backslash, or forward slash our guys forward slash it's forward slash um, where they're like oh no like the Holocaust and they can name off seventeen different shades of Prussian blue and what happens with this and this is fake and these numbers don't work and they talk about the numbers at Treblinka and then this and then that and and yeah. but then you, then you get to 
then you get to something like um and anything else like like again like nukes uh like the, the moon landing and the people that brought you nukes also brought yeah. you the moon landing you have to look at who's associated with all of these things at all times yeah you know, and who's bringing it's it to very it. careful to avoid discussion of of the new cokes i've noticed what's that um the new cokes is um very avoided a lot of people lot of these people don't want to talk about it because it would uh, it takes away it, it takes away that cornerstone of american exceptionalism that our our entire boomer Gen X foundation was founded on. Um, millennials and and Zoomers don't have that uh, born in built in America that we got. You know, being uh, proud Americans because you know we won World War One Two and and we went to the moon. You know, so. I went to the moon. We don't have. They don't have. They don't have that. They have like these guys. Yeah. I mean, these kids nowadays, like, are, you know, are questioning Helen Keller in fourth grade. Right. You know, we we bought that shit hook, line, and sinker back then. <laughs> when I was when I was in fourth yeah. grade. I'd like to share some of the evidence of of Jewish involvement in the new cokes. Sure. So the uh, Manhattan Project. It was a coterie of Jews behind the Manhattan Project. So I'll give you some examples. Leo Szilard, he was regarded as sort of the intellectual father of the bomb. Anna Rosenberg, who later became the U.S. Assistant Secretary of Defense, was in charge of hiring the people for the Manhattan Project. The project was headed by Robert J. Oppenheimer. And also there's links with Jews in Los Alamos in New Mexico. That was a sort of cliquey Jewish community there. Hmm. There's more, Nate, like there's like, Big list of names in my book of the um, Jews involved. Uh, if, another example with the USSR, the atomic bomb project was headed by Lavrenti Beria, who's like the head of the um, NKVD. Uh, very, very evil uh, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, anybody um, associated with the NKVD is in, in automatically just like one of the most evil people on earth. The. Um, yeah, the journalist uh, William L. Lawrence, his real name was Lieb Wolf Um supposedly the only journalist to witness the Trinity test and the atomic bombing of Nagasaki. And um, he actually um, reported that uh, radiation was a very minor part of the damage, um, which was also corroborated with military reports. But he was, so, so they didn't get their story straight. But in any case, he was showered with awards and Pulitzer Prizes. And, yeah, they, yeah, they threatened to take his Pulitzer Prize away because he reported the wrong thing about the radiation story. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the, the funny thing about that guy, too, he was the only <clears throat> reporter allowed to report on the events right after the bomb. He was literally the only one. He worked for the New York Times and for the war department <laughs> yeah. time. And, he yeah. was, and he was a Jew. <laughs> and what was it? What was the Russian revolution uh, part that he was involved in? Johnny, do you remember? I'm sorry. Say again, which, which department? The, he, the guy who was the one reporter. Mm-hmm. So what was the guy's name again, Chris? Uh, William L. Lawrence. Yeah. William Lawrence. Lieb CU, the yes, M, yes. the Hungarian, <laughs> the Hungarian Jew. Yeah. Well, they're always yeah, some yeah. flavor of ethnic Jew from 
yeah, from Europe. Right. He we covered it in one of the last ones, but mm-hmm. he was also involved in like the October Revolution, the Russian Revolution, or something like oh, that. Oh, the nineteen oh five. He was involved, not the October Revolution. He was involved in the nineteen oh five Russian Revolution. That's the one. Yeah, that far back. Yeah. Yes. So he, yeah, he was involved in the first one. He was like he was yeah. So he was you know he's a commie from way back. He he was probably sixteen when that happened. Right. You know. Right. He was a rabble rouser. Yeah. Wore one of those newsy hats. Right. Yeah. Like 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 and guys following, who following. Never mind. Um, Following the supposed nukes in Japan, uh, the U.S. occupied Japan. Oh, and, uh, for there was they a, still do. Right. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? You said the U.S. occupied Japan. Well, they have bases there, and we still do. Still have bases there. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, you can look at maps of U.S. military bases around the world. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah, they occupy. We occupy the world pretty much. It's not like. It is the big, the big Zog, the big um, mm-hmm. Zionist occupied government of huge, way too much influence. Um, yeah. <sighs> but yeah, dude, Jews were completely a hundred percent around everything to do with nukes. There's, I don't, I don't think there's an yeah. aspect of it. I mean, there's also the um, Jewish after after 1945. There was a, a new wave of Jewish immigrants arrived in Japan and they started like um, trying to introduce communism and stuff um, which was a big a big movement across the world during the Cold War and then they um, there was other bomb like you had the um, father of the hydrogen bomb Edward Teller that was also bullshit father of the neutron bomb Samuel Cohen that was also bullshit the uh, atom spies who um like supposedly leaked secrets and intelligence, um, like were uh, affiliated with Russia and leaked American secrets and, and this sort of thing. That was all um, nonsense. Um, they, they were all Jews, like literally. Like, right. Um, the Adam Spies. And there was this controlled, the controlled opposition, like um, the campaign for nuclear disarmament. Mm-hmm. And that was also led by um, Jews. So you had Jews on both sides of this oh, issue. What? Shocking. I don't. That's. I am shocked. I am completely. Shocking. I'm not that shocked, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Never heard that. <laughs> I've never. Yeah. It's not like. Yeah. I can't. I like. I can't even pretend to be shocked anymore at any of this kind of stuff because we know. Right. It's always. Yeah. Well, because you'll hear like, well, you know, there's this Jewish guy who runs this activism group. Oh, okay. And then you're like, yeah, and his brother. Who happens to run, you know, a company that this guy is an activist against? Like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as we're seeing, this has just all the, all the hallmarks of of like a lot of other hoaxes and psyops. Is Julius and Ethel Rosenberg too? I'd like to know what actually happened with those guys. Like, I, I don't think that they actually got executed personally. It's a good question. They probably yeah. didn't. Yeah, I don't believe I don't believe any of the things they say about anything, really. When's the last time a Jew got executed? Um, oh, you're talking about the Rosenberg? Yeah, I don't believe they did. Yeah, they got sent back to Tel Aviv. Yeah, right. Or wherever it was at the time. Now it's Tel Aviv. We just say Tel Aviv now, but they probably got new names, and it's like they went from Berg to Stein, and they started doing something else. Right? They just can't stop. Yeah. (laughs) You ever yeah. notice that, like how old, like you, they ever see, like some of these Jewish these people that turn out to be criminals, and you're like, damn, you're like ninety, give it a rest. Henry Kissinger, 
Look at Henry Kissinger. Right. Yeah, right. Well, it's like, is it still it, alive? Yeah. Is, yeah. Well, they're like, okay, so like rock stars, they have to. You wonder why, like, holy shit, why is this guy? Why are the why are the Rolling Stones still touring? They're literally ninety. Well, they 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 made a deal, right? They have to keep doing yeah. this. Same reason with Jews, I think. I think they have to, or either that or they're like sharks. If they don't stop, if they don't stop Jewing, they they stop breathing or something. Like, you know? Well, the reason why Jews live longer on average. So Jewish people and also Mediterraneans, they have hyperactive forms of a gene that codes for the DNA repair enzyme telomerase. I think it's telomerase. So it's that that DNA repair enzyme. Okay. That's that's why they um, live longer on average. So they kind of won the – even though they have like – like is it like 200 – um, endemic genetic diseases they, they kind of won the genetic lottery with that I mean that so that's why you see these people like um, Kissinger or, or Soros who are like like you know what, like almost a hundred whatever now still they've been around a long time hmm. Kissinger was around for the Kennedy assassination the alleged Kennedy assassination yeah I mean that's a long right. time what it to be active yeah. in American politics. Yeah, yeah. There's always yeah, there's and and again, like there's always Jews all the way around. I wonder if I wonder if Jews are involved with that um with that the Catholic group that uh that went to uh, Oak Ridge in Tennessee and did that remember that did you remember that when they, they like cut the fence and got in? And like chain themselves to like the reactor. There was like it was like the anti nuclear power thing with the Catholics against uh nuke power. Yeah, yeah, nuclear power. Um uh Roger uh according to Roger Desjardins, who was um like the first nuclear skeptic on the internet, as far as I know. He posted in Liberty Forum in two thousand four. He's from Canada. Um but like Niagara like you know the 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 electric uh, hydroelectric power and, and stuff. That's how he um, came aware of this. Mm. But um, this this um, he postulated that nuclear power stations are dump loads, so they take an excess electricity from the grid and like boil it um, with water, um, basically to to. to to use the excess electricity because the, the excess power, like it has to be dumped somewhere. So like, mm. for example, ground wires, right? The ground, um, the electricity has to go. So <clears throat> has to go somewhere. Yeah. And the unused electricity Safe, goes back yeah. to ground. So you're saying that they dump. Interesting. Probably this should be, this should be, uh, somebody should investigate this though. That's an interesting, um, and there's you another know. theory um, proposed by Ray West that, um, like, if you look at nuclear power stations, a lot of them have this underground uh, apparatus, which may be like a used to store toxic waste. Yeah, um, they always like have. They always have the, uh, a lot of like quote underground facility stuff going on. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that is something I hadn't thought of as an electrician. This intrigues me. Hmm. Right. Right. So you know about dump loads. Then. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so this would be so this would just be like a large dump lower ever, ever, ever instead of actually so going like, to you ground. You know the cooling towers that um 
you know, they, they boil water. So basically it, w- it, it would work the opposite way that a claim it works. Mm-hmm. It's actually the, the power is um, not cu- – the power is only going into the nuclear power station. It's not coming out. Um, Interesting. So yeah. it's coming in and then what are they doing with it? They're, they're storing the power and they're um, – Boiling water. I mean, that's a good way to um, dispose of power, boiling water. Hmm. It's a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And that's just steam and just boiling it off. Just to boil it yeah. off, just to just to use the excess electricity, just to get – that's yeah, literally that's, all it is. I mean, that's a – I think that's a it's a reasonable supposition. I'm, I'm not sure hmm. though. I mean, I mean, it's – if nuclear bo- if nuclear bombs are a hoax, mm-hmm. it's not much of a stretch to, to think that Nuclear power is another hoax, really. Well, that nuclear power, but that boiling water turning a turbine to make electricity, though. That's like basically the whole point of the of the boiling water, though. So, if they're actually taking, if they're actually taking energy back, that's like double dipping. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, they're phasing out nuclear power now, though. Oh. Really, they just built they just built two new two new facilities here in America. Hmm. Only two though. Well, yeah, only two. What about know, what, uh, what about wind power and like? Oh I God, mean, there's a lot of other other methods. The wind power that they have like in Texas, they hate it. The Texans hate it because they they kill oh, birds. They, they kill birds. They're terrible. They're eyesores. They when they break, they're they're a waste. There's nothing you can do with them. There's, there's, well, a good point made by um. I think Ray West on nuclei is that there's no nuclear power in Antarctica. So they like, they transport like coal and stuff there. Mm-hmm. But that would be, it'd be ideal, wouldn't it? You would think, yeah. You would think because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a very small, uses a very small yeah. bit of fuel to do a lot of power. Yeah, no, you would think so. You would think so. Yeah. Maybe they have some sort of weird geo. So the jury's still there. out concerning nuclear power. Okay. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's also a hoax and a money-making scheme. <laughs> well, it it's not it's really, the, really, really expensive. Yeah, like the world-ending disaster that occurs when a nuclear meltdown, so-called, happens is definitely a fake part of the story that's meant to bolster the idea that nuclear we- weapons waste. Uh, energy, all of it is super dangerous and could destroy us and could end the world at any time. That's definitely a part of the story that's 100% fake. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's nukes. Are, we've already, yes, we've, I'm pretty sure we've, we've, we've convinced the audience that by this point in the show that nukes are fake. <laughs> if there wasn't a preponderance of evidence with this, I don't know what else. Right, I think we, this is the this is the, the you know you can't you can't do a series without a third, so yeah. it's a trilogy officially. This is the the trinity of the nuke. That's right, nail in the coffin. The trinity. There you go. There you go. Yes, that's the trinity. Well, yeah, Chris, man, uh, yeah. we're coming up towards the end of the of two hours actually. Now, thanks for coming on, man. This was great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, man. It was awesome. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Um, again, one more time. Tell everybody where they can find you. So my website's chriskeski.podia.com. C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-K-I-E dot P-O-D-I-A dot com. Right. 
Um, you can um, purchase my book there. Um, 10 New Zealand dollars, like 7 US dollars. Also, my videos are on Odyssey. Um, so it's Chris Kasky on Odyssey. Yeah, and I've got a lot of exciting content in the works. I'm going to be updating my book uh, this year, adding more information, more essays. Um, yeah, I'm also um, affiliated with um, a, a, an interview platform called The Killing Fields. And okay. We recently interviewed um, Christopher Bjorkness. So that's all stats, The Killing Fields on Odyssey. So if people want to check that out. Uh, Chris, um, we also- CJ Bjork, Christopher John Bjorkness, right? He's the guy who writes the uh, the the Hitler stuff, right? Yeah, and uh, about um, like Judaism and uh, yes, Kabbalah. absolutely. We we've always wanted to talk to him. I want to. I gotta send him an email. Yeah, that'd be he'd be cool to have on too. Yes, right on. Well, thank you yeah, for sure coming. He'd, he'd probably come on. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we should we'll definitely hit him up. Thank you for coming on, man. Um, this was great, and yeah. we'll definitely. Uh, we'll, we'll send you all the links to the show and everything when we get it up. Thanks. I just want to say lastly that I have to genuflect to these other researchers who came before me because I borrowed a lot of material from them. Um, Roger Desjardins um, was kind of the originator. Um, Ray West and First Class Skeptic and others of the Nucleus Forum. Uh, Akio Nakatani, who wrote Death Object. Michael Palmer, who wrote Hiroshima Revisited. Um, I have to... Um, Salute and genuflect to those researchers. Um, they, that's, they did tremendous uh, research. I hope it continues. Right. I hope perhaps one day we can categorically prove that, that nukes are fake. But until then, it's actually good news. It's good news <laughs> that nukes. I think it's just another psyop. Don't don't worry about um, anybody getting nuked. Um, it's just fear porn. <laughs> it really is. It really is. You don't have to be afraid. No. That's not a bad thing. A lot of people get angry when they when you tell them that nukes are fake. They they want to fight you for some reason. It's like, hey, I'm trying to yeah. make you happy. Yeah, it's weird. You'd think people would yeah. be happier to hear this, but they're not. Yeah. Oh well. All right, Chris. Well, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Chris. All right, man. Take care. Take care. <laughs> All right. What's going on, man? Cool. What's going on? Hey. That was Chris Kasky and War Against the Goyam. It's a good book. It's really well researched. And it is it's got lots of references and pictures, and and really, uh, it's not like dense, but it's actually it's actually a huge book, but it's not dense to read at all. It just goes pop, 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 like from one subject to the next, and just hits you with a ton of facts and different um, things that all are ex- verifiable and mm-hmm. obvious when mm-hmm. you look at them. Like any rational person who read the book would be like, "Hey, okay, I'm convinced." These Jews got it in for us, man. <laughs> yeah, and and like you said, he wrote it in essay format, so it's easier to read that way. It, it doesn't, you know, you can pick it up and, and open it up to any any chapter and start yeah. reading. You don't have to have read uh, any of the previous chapters to get any of the, the the chapters in general. So, um, yeah, man, wrapped it up. That's the third. We did episodes one and two of the new Cokes last season, and I think we put a pin in it with this one. Yeah, I re-listened to both the last episodes, and I was uh, really happy with 
how well they turned out. And uh, I was like, really, I really enjoyed them actually nice. re-listening and like, Oh wow. These are, it was, it was funny, both funny and informative and, you know, not to toot my own horn too much, but I liked them a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's a, yeah. I, I, same. I listened, I didn't listen to the second one. I didn't get a chance to re-listen to both of them, but the, I list, re-listened to the whole first one and that was some good radio, man. I got to admit, yeah. not to, again, not to toot my own horn, but that was a really good one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, we are, uh, Skull and I are going to get out of here. There will be a creepypasta at the end of this. Uh, we will be live Tuesday on DLive and on Pilled. I can't forget Pilled. On Pilled, DLive, and Odyssey. Uh, all the links will be in the show notes. And uh, that, that'll be uh, the Nationalist Inquirer live on Tuesday. And we'll see you later. Time travel makes you gay. All my life. I've heard people say that we are heading into a utopian age of new progressive enlightenment. And while I really wanted to believe that was true, with the things I have seen going on in the world, I've had to remain skeptical. But then, I saw the future for myself. My glimpse of what is to come and the experiences leading up to it started with my unexpected acquisition of a mundane item. The magazine was hidden amongst the old paperbacks I had bought at a used bookstore. Strange Things and Oddities, the cover proclaimed in a bright green font with October 1997 printed underneath it. Behind the text, an alien creature stared back at me. Grinning, I gave the magazine a quick flip through. Where did this come from? I wondered. I certainly didn't recall seeing the cashier put the item in the box, and the thing was in immaculate condition for being twenty years old. I gave it another quick look, then tossed the periodical onto the coffee table before going about my business. Later that evening, I was in a funk of boredom and nothing was helping, so I turned on the TV. I scanned through the channels trying to find something worth watching, but after a bit, I just turned it off, giving up. There wasn't a damn thing worth watching on. And I looked down at the coffee table and saw the magazine lying there, its bright, green title shining like a beacon. Might as well see what was going on back in good old 1997, I said, picking it up. Over the next hour, I was enveloped in the paranormal world of two decades ago. One very interesting article involved the account of a woman's sexual encounter with an alien. Probably the one from the cover, I said to myself, smiling. And there were many other interesting articles and columns, and that's when I got to the back, and I found a classified section. It advertised a good variety of strange things, such as voodoo dolls and psychic readings, but one ad in particular caught my eye. Travel through time, read the headline. The listing informed me that for the low price of 30 US dollars, I could have my very own time travel device. I don't know what possessed me, but I went and got my checkbook. I wrote a check for the amount addressed it, and stamped it on an envelope, and I sealed the check inside. 
I mailed it the very next day and immediately forgot about it. One afternoon, about six weeks later, I came home from work to find a shoebox-sized package sitting at my door. I didn't think I was expecting anything, and when I looked closer, I didn't recognize the shipper's address. I unlocked my door, picked up the box, and went inside. I sat the box on the coffee table and sliced open the tape with a pair of scissors. Inside was a smaller box, labeled Chrono Industries Model TTD005. Upon opening it, I found an instruction booklet and a small electronic device. Realization dawned on me. This was my time travel device. I'll admit, I never assumed to receive anything, but here it was. The device, which was roughly the size of a walkie-talkie, had a full keyboard, LED display, and even a belt clip on the back. On the top of the TTD was a power switch and two buttons, labeled, respectively, Start and Recall. For a time machine, the damn thing seemed pretty simple, and I opened the user manual, and after a few minutes of reading, I had the gist of the device's operation. No time like the present, I said, switching the TDD on. The screen lit up with blue characters that displayed the current date and time, and with no visible antenna, I wondered how or where the device received its information. But who was I to question such technology? I thought for a moment about where, or rather when, I would go first. I decided to start small and entered a destination of three days in the past. Then I hit start. I honestly didn't know what to expect. The novelty of the thing alone was worth the 30 bucks I had spent on it, but after pushing the start button and nothing happening, I'll admit I was a little disappointed. The thing didn't even beep, for God's sake. Ah, oh, well, I said to the device. At least it kept me entertained for half an hour. Carrying the TTD with me, I went over to my desk and turned on the computer. I figured I might as well see what kind of craziness was going on in the world. And I opened my favorite news webpage and began scrolling through the headlines. Even though this had been my first visit to the site that day... The headlines all looked so... familiar, and an overwhelming sense of deja vu hit me. My eyes fell on the device sitting on the desk. No way, I said in disbelief. It can't be. I scrolled back to the top of the page and read the date. If I had been looking in a mirror, I'm sure I would have seen that the color had drained from my face. The date had shown the fifth of the month, where it should have said the eighth. With a shaking hand, I reached for the TTD and hit recall. Once again, there was no sound, no sense of activity, but the computer was now off. I turned it on and checked the news headlines, and they were now different, and the date up atop read the eighth. As impossible as it was to comprehend, I had just traveled through time. An hour later, I sat on my couch staring at the TTD as it sat like a ten-ton weight on the coffee table. 
The implications of what had just happened to me were massive. This was supposed to be a joke. I just ordered the thing out of a 20-year-old paranormal magazine for crying out loud. But yet, I saw what I saw. I grabbed the device and left the apartment. There was a park about a block from my building and I began walking in its direction. I wanted to be completely sure of the device's legitimacy and I had an idea of how to test it. I entered the park and walked around a bit before finding what I was looking for. It was a medium-sized pecan tree, and I pulled out my phone and took a picture of it. Then, taking the TTD off of my belt, I set it for five years in the past and hit start. The change happened so fast and imperceptibly that my brain could barely process it. One moment the tree was one size, the next it was smaller. I took a picture of it and hit recall. I took one more look at the now larger tree, then returned to my apartment. I downloaded both pictures to my computer and opened them up side by side. At first glance, someone looking at the pictures wouldn't notice much out of the ordinary. If anything, they would probably think it was nothing more than a couple of pictures of the same tree, taken years apart, mind you, but the timestamps told a different story. They showed the pictures were taken less than a minute apart, which was just the assurance I needed to know that the device was real. I thought about the possibilities the TTD could open up for me. I could correct past mistakes I had made, or even make myself rich 1,000 times over. Anything was possible, and it would be so easy. But I knew I could never do any of those things. My parents had raised me with morals, and using the TTD for personal gain would go against everything they had taught me. But I still felt like there was a reason for me having this device. In the end, I decided the best way for me to use it was not at all. But before I retired the device for good, I would use it one last time. I had to see the future. I grabbed the TTD and headed out the door. I wanted to know where we were headed and if it was in the right or wrong direction, and in my hand was the means to do it. I went back to the park, and I was planning to go at least ten years into the future, and there was no telling what could change in that amount of time. I didn't want to risk appearing or whatever in the wrong place, so the park seemed like the safest solution. After finding a nice, wide-open area, I set the device for today's date and time, but ten years from now. Here goes nothing, I said, pushing the start button. The park's calm, green beauty had been replaced by a barren landscape, surrounded by the ruins of a burnt-out city. I looked around in awestruck horror, as I walked to where the entrance of the park used to be, and once on the street, the real terror began. Wrecked and abandoned cars filled the streets, and everywhere I looked were the rotted corpses of human beings hanging from inverted metal crosses. Satanic-looking symbols were everywhere, 
and instead of the usual sounds of the city, I could only hear the tortured screams of people all around me. I wondered what had happened here as I took in my horrific surroundings. Up ahead, movement caught my eye. Coming around a corner were a group of about eight people, followed by two grotesque, demonic-looking creatures. The people were all shackled to one another, and most of them had ragged and bloody gashes torn from their bodies where they had been flayed by their guards. This was just too much, and I decided it was time to go. I turned and ran back to the park. Once there, I bent over and vomited the contents of my stomach, and when I was finished, I pushed recall. While I was relieved to see everything back to normal, I could not help but fear utter despair from the forbidden knowledge I now possessed. I returned to my apartment and removed the TTD from my belt. I looked at it for a long time before opening the back, removing the batteries, and then I busted the damned thing. I knew I shouldn't have blamed the device for what it had shown me, but I just couldn't have it anymore. Since that day, I've spent a lot of time thinking about the future and what I saw. I wish that I could say we could all band together and save the world, but I feel that based on events currently unfolding, there's no way to change what is coming. But at least... <laughs> At least I can give you all a heads up. <laughs>